Well, hey, good morning and a happy Monday to you. Um, since I'm back from Guatemala, I'm trying to catch up on a few topics that uh, that have emerged that uh, I've been wanting to cover for a little bit and trying to get to them. So one of those is the idea of WorldCoin. Uh, WorldCoin is a an invention of uh, Sam Altman, who created OpenAI, and um, he is uh, a pretty much foremost speaker on AI and, and some of the implications of it. Not the only one, obviously, but he's a pretty big voice in that arena right now, um, having you know some serious credentials in this. And so, but uh, WorldCoin is a tokenized, uh, an attempt at a tokenized kind of an economy that will provide essentially, you know, I can sort of skip from A to Z here real quick, ultimately intended to provide a measure of equity for uh, people around the world, access to um, a, a version of an economy that is, again, tokenized. Tokenization speaks of the idea of, uh, of creating a digitized sort of equivalency for a material good. And so um, if you own property or something and it is tokenized, it now has value in a digital system, and it also uh, can be demonstrated to be physically owned by you. But it ultimately falls under the auspices of an overall digitized system. Uh, and so it's an interesting topic to look into, and I would suggest looking into it, because one version of that or another uh, is very, very clearly where we're headed. The idea of um, digitizing virtually everything, um, identification, property ownership, banking, fi access to finance, um, all of those kinds of things. And so this is part of that whole thing. Uh, and, and the reason I want to just bring it up uh, as a point of interest that you would consider looking into is because uh, because these are the kinds of steps that are being taken to sort of move us in the direction that we very often talk about, the idea of a globalized system economically, politically, even religiously, when we look at passages like, uh, primarily passages like Revelation chapter uh 13. It talks about the, the mark of the beast and the system that the beast will oversee, the Antichrist will oversee. And so, you know, as I'm fond of pointing out, it's not like the Antichrist will show up on the scene, flip a switch, and suddenly everybody will go into a daze and, you know, and that kind of thing. But rather, this will be the culmination of what's been building for a very long time, much the way the politics behind Antichrist have been building really since Genesis 10 and 11. Uh, so, uh, in very similar fashion, I think that Whereas um, politically, the idea of global unity and domination by a single leader or single government, as it's often been uh, tried, but even single leaders is, has also often been tried, um, attempted, um, this will also, and, and, and when the Antichrist comes on the scene, as we see, there is a sort of culmination of all of these previous world empires sort of finding their ultimate expression in that of Antichrist. Uh, and his system. And so I think similarly, um, we will not just sort of all of a sudden have a digital economy that relies on a mark that will give you access to it. I think it will be the culmination and ultimate expression of uh, a lot of other technologies that have led to it. And so when we talk about digital tokenization or we talk about central bank digital currencies on the financial front, uh, any of these things, these sound like really difficult concepts to understand, but that's only because they're kind of new sounding to most. Um, these are ideas that in one form or another have been around for a very, very long time, but are now finally um, technology is catching up to the ideas and therefore they can now be implemented relatively, um, I don't want to say quickly or easily, but the technology is now there and it's no longer a barrier 
to implementing these ideas on a global scale. Uh, we mentioned last time, uh, or either last time or the time before, about the Bank for International Settlements and their recent conversation about how to overcome some of the hurdles in linking worldwide central bank digital currencies, inter- you know, uh, specifically national central bank digital currencies, uh, into a globalized system where they can all talk to each other and communicate and function. Uh, we talked about FedNow, a system within the United States that just went live um, that is going to essentially provide for immediate uh, digital transfer of funds and all this kind of thing. Uh, instead of having to wait a day or two for funds to clear on one end or another of a transaction, these things can happen instantaneously, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, and that uh, provides some infrastructure for what later can become our own central bank digital currency and maybe even is providing some of the uh, testing ground for our inter- internationalization of that, the connecting of ours with others. Um, so anyway, but that being said, WorldCoin is uh, is one of these things that you might just pay some attention to. But one of the reasons why it's significant is because of the uh, mention of Sam Altman of the concerns about AI being able to emulate human behavior and uh, and even uh, uh, be able to sort of uh, uh, whether break or whether just access through security. Um, you know, private things or financial things, uh, and sort of replace a human's ability, um, you know, in doing that. And so the concern is that, well, we want to make sure that there's a way to demonstrate that someone is actually a human being trying to access these things, and this system is not sort of being um, manipulated by AI. And so Sam Elton's idea is that there would be a retinal scan that would demonstrate um, that someone is a legitimate human being and not an AI program. So this technology is something that um, is not new. The idea of retinal scans is not a new thing. But the idea of, of the concern about AI being sophisticated enough to, uh, to sort of fool a security system into thinking that it's human when it's not, that's uh, something that probably anybody who follows AI, and it's uh, really, uh, quantum's probably not overstating it, and probably not even a pun, uh, quantum advancement in recent times um, is probably not shocked to hear about that kind of a concern. But the fact that it is out in the open and being discussed and, and someone is putting forth ideas to sort of try to, um, you know, uh, prevent that kind of a security breach is a significant development. That's something that tells us that AI is sophisticated enough where this is a legitimate concern. Uh, people used to laugh at Elon Musk when he would talk about AI and, you know, the potential Terminator scenario and that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't know whether that would really happen or not, but, um, and of course we know the end from what scripture talks about, so it's not like we're really going to be overcome by AI and, 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 you know, terminators and stuff. But the idea of technology potentially becoming advanced enough to maybe even become self-aware, like Skynet did, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but, um, uh, or Cyberdyne systems and that, but in, in the Terminator movies, but, um, there's no doubt that whether or not it ever becomes sentient, uh, it certainly is becoming wildly advanced and is growing in quantum leaps. Uh, maybe I am misusing that term slightly, but I don't really know that I am too much. So, but anyway, it's advancing at a very, very rapid rate, uh, geometrically. And so we want to watch these things because it's going to provide, uh, on a number of levels, some significant developments. Number one, it's going to, AI is going to become fundamental to lots of things. Um, 
there's 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 always the push to find new ways to use AI, uh, new ways to um, implement it into far more than just menial tasks um, being done by machines instead of people. But one day it's going to become commonplace in households, and it's going to be commonplace in automated self-driving cars, and maybe even self-flying airplanes one day. There's going to be far less and less dependence upon human capabilities and more uh, 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 trust in, in artificial intelligence. Now, that is not meant to sort of say, again, we're moving to a Terminator scenario, but rather instead, it, it's meant to help us understand that we are going to become so dependent on these things that when whoever's in charge of that AI will essentially be in charge of, of those who are dependent upon it as well. And so the conditioning of the world to sort of let go of the wheel and let AI do this stuff, and by, you know, by extension, those who manage and manipulate AI um, is going to become a very real reality. And I think we'll likely have something to do with Antichrist's uh, ascension to power politically and economically. I think people will not only be willing to um, uh, tie on with him because they're enamored with him and his seeming supernatural abilities, but I think also the world will just find it easier to just go along with this system that's now in place uh, because they will have been conditioned to do so. Um, and so when we watch these developments, we're not just jumping on and saying, oh my gosh, this is the end. It, it's not, but it is, uh, it is another step in the direction of conditioning the population, not just of the United States, but of the world, to really become dependent on something that will one day find its full expression in the system that will be global and will be overseen by Satan's man in that day. And that will be the last government system uh, under the reign of man, uh, as it were, prior to the coming of Christ. And so as we watch these developments unfold, my, my intention is really to encourage and say, okay, well, if you're not serious about your walk with the Lord, get serious about your walk with the Lord and walk closely with him. Uh, build your relationship with the Lord. Invest in the daily as you study and as you have your devotional time, as you fellowship with others. Um, and, and also, uh, uh, just be aware of where we are uh, as these things unfold. We kind of get a little bit further glimpse of the curtain being pulled back uh, in terms of identifying the times that we're in. And of course, that's always a wise thing to do. Not to get crazy and to lose our minds and think that tomorrow, uh, you know, is the end or whatever. But to not be ignorant or to not intentionally just not pay attention to this stuff. Um, these seem like peripheral things. They seem like, well, that's, you know, that's just, you know, a waste of time because stuff's always changing and everything. Well, that doesn't make it a waste of time. It just means that we, we're aware of how things are going. And I think that's just an important thing to pay attention to the times in which we live and how they fit into ultimately what the scriptures describe. And that itself should be a motivator uh, in terms of how we live out our Christian faith. It should be a motivator in regard to how we um, sort of have develop a sense of urgency about the gospel in our day, uh, a sense of understanding that the nearness of Christ's coming is becoming all the more near. And, of course, if the second coming is near, the rapture is even nearer, and so we should recognize that our time is limited. And these things are sort of indicators on the clock. The second hand is moving. Uh, and so we just want to pay attention to those things. So again, just sort of a brief moment here to talk about it and really just kind of point you in a direction of some things to be looking at. Uh, again, I posted a link on our Telegram channel. I'll put it in the notes here as well. Um, and you can kind of begin to follow that up a little bit. Now, having said all that, let me just throw one, uh, one, um, uh, additional point in here. 
And that is that when we spend time looking at these things, they never replace our time in the scripture. They never replace our time cultivating our relationship with God, our fellowship with uh, fellow believers. Uh, it doesn't, uh, should not cause us to take our hands off the practical realities of what it means to be a believer in this day and age. Uh, but they are things that are intended to encourage us to be looking up. Uh, we should be paying attention, but we should also recognize that, okay, that tells me we're getting close. So let me go ahead and pour into that which matters because of that. And ultimately, that's our relationship with the Lord. So, Father, help us to that end, to be mindful of the times in which we're living and to let that be a motivator for us in regard to our walk with Jesus. We just pray that you'd help us to recognize the importance of the hour that we're living in and the importance of recognizing it. Uh, And that, Father, that wouldn't cause us to withdraw, but rather instead it would motivate us and excite us at the prospect of seeing you and and, and for that to cause us to want to be about your business as as we wait. So thank you, Father, for the great hope that you've given us. Even though we look at the world that's falling apart around us and coalescing around uh, what will one day be a, a global system under the auspices of the beast as you refer to him in Scripture, we thank you that in spite of those things, they really stand for a believer as a reminder of the fulfilling of your word, the the, the assuredness that we can uh, bring to our understanding of your word, knowing that it will stand, it will not be broken. You will accomplish those things you said you're going to accomplish, and those things that you said will happen will, in fact, happen. So that's a great assurance to us as believers, because we know if those things are true, certainly everything else you've said is true as well. So we thank you, Father. We love you and bless you, and pray that, Lord, you'd help us to walk with eyes up and hands on the plow in these days. Thank you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name.